Welcome to the True Wealth Investors Podcast, a show all about real estate investing to help increase your income, lifestyle, and impact. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the 100th episode of the True Wealth Investors Podcast. I am glad to have you here. I took a short break got busy with other projects, but I have been lining up amazing guests and am looking forward to the next 100 episodes. So thanks for joining me on this journey. And uh, to celebrate our 100th episode, I have amazing guests and friends, Flip and Danny Lynn Robinson. Uh, They have an unbelievable business and story to share. And I'm also joined by my good friend, Arthur Solomon of the Solomon Hustles podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. You're going to get a lot of great tips from it and be put on fire, ready to go. All right. Welcome, everybody. True Wealth Investors podcast. I am Chad Harris, and I am joined today with Arthur Solomon, my co-host of the Solomon Hustles podcast, and our guests, Danny Lynn and Flip Robinson, and from Freedom Real Estate Group. Really glad to have you all. Welcome, everybody. We are excited to be here. Thank you both for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. So, So, Danny and Flip, normally when we have a guest, I give a little introduction as to what their business is and what they're doing. For you guys, I'm going to ask your help because you have so much going on. I know that a lot has changed even since we first talked. So Freedom Real Estate Group is kind of your umbrella, right? Yes. And how many businesses do you have under the Freedom Real Estate Group? I would say if you count Freedom, six in total. Six businesses. Okay. And is the primary focus of that flips and your flipping business? Yes. So flips, um, turnkey rental, um, cash flowing properties, not only for us, but for our clients. All right. And last time I think we talked, your target for this year was a hundred flips. Is that still the target? It is. It's been the target for 2019. Three. This is our third year. So we did 72 in 2019, 67 in 2020, and we're breaking it this year because we're on fire. So Ooh, we're gonna get past right. 100. 2021 is the year. It is. Awesome. And then recently you got into investing and buy and hold with apartments, right? Yes. Yes. It was on accident, but I'm thrilled <laughs> because I love it. Um, it. It's the most exciting thing that we've ever done. We always wanted to do it. We were going to get into it in 2021, maybe 2022, but it just happened. We can talk about the story if you guys want to get into the story, but it happened. We bought it and I just said, hey, full force ahead. Let's just do this thing. You know, as long as you surround yourself with the right people, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and it's been great. <laughs> all right. So we're going to get into all the details of exactly what you know, what you've built, because your business is really amazing. And I'm not only inspired by that when I've talked with you, but also another thing I really respect about you is your transparency. And the fact that you openly admit you didn't have it all figured out day one, this is something hard fought day in and day out that you've built over time. And I think that's reassuring for a lot of other investors, because part of the business, there are a lot of headaches and struggles. So really appreciate you guys getting on and sharing what you've built over these years. So how did this get started? I mean, um, what was the the beginning? Well, in 2008, this is is actually the true beginning. um, We were both doing jobs that uh, neither one of us wanted to do anymore. And we knew we wanted to do something else. And we both looked at each other and said, you know what, let's do real estate. Um, Because before that, I mean, we'd spent almost 10 years working on cruise ships. And so we're like, we're going to do real estate. And we both went out, studied, got our real estate license. And we got our license in September of 2008. The worst time to get your real estate license. <laughs> and so we're like, uh, you know, and they said, okay, well, no problem. You're brand new realtors go out and, uh, you know, network and go, start with your family and friends, you know, and, and if they want to buy or sell their house, 
Well, we just had moved to Austin, Texas because we'd been on cruise ships for 10 years. So we didn't know anybody. And there was only like four or five members of my family. So again, we're under the gun. Thankfully, we found somebody within the first six months of getting our license and we were able to help them find a house. So we had closed one deal in eight months. So we were just chipping away at everything we saved up from working on cruise ships for 10 years. And at that point, that's when we went, you know what, this sucks. And so she reached out to a couple of real estate investing uh, coaches and she reached, I think, out to three of them and one actually contacted her back and we immediately went to him and we studied with him and we learned 12 ways and how to make money in real estate investing. And we're not typical students. We jumped in with both feet and we hit the ground and we did everything he said and we started getting deals left and right. And, and he was like, wow, nobody does this. And so then, <laughs> so not only did then he took us under his arm, but he actually started taking us with him when he would travel around the country talking about his programs. He's like, and here's two of my star students. They, they can tell you exactly what they're doing. And so that's, we learned all the different strategies right from the beginning, uh, which is great because every situation lends to a different uh, type of investing. Um, so when we were in Texas, we mainly did um, uh, subject, su to. Sub subject to wraps. Mm -hmm. uh, that was our mm -hmm. bread and butter while we were there. Um, we didn't have to do wholesaling because we, we were, people were handing us their keys. It was, mm -hmm. it was very easy. Uh, but then we moved to Phoenix and in Phoenix that not so much, but you could throw a rock and hit a wholesale house. And so we went into wholesaling. And so it was, it was being the, uh, the chameleon of real estate investors and knowing what to do and what, where you're at. And then while we were in Phoenix, we heard uh, about uh, doing turnkey properties. And we're like, that's not one of the 12, what is this? And it, it hit us because when we were doing cruise ships, we like building up clients. We like saying, oh, hey, Joe, I, you know, come on back. I, I, you know, we get to know them and we get to interact with our clients. But as real estate investors, you don't get to do that. But with turnkey investing, you do get to do that because when Joe buys one house, you want to you want Joe to like it so much that Joe comes back and buys four or five more. And so we're like, this is brilliant. And we just that was there was no question. We both just ran at that 100 miles an hour. And that's we haven't turned back since. And that's why we're in Ohio. And that's why we're in, we can't do this in Arizona. <laughs> So what is the connection to Ohio? How did the turnkey bring you to Ohio? All you. Oh, well, uh, <laughs> uh, so there was another investor here uh, in uh, Middletown, actually. And Danny had created this group on Facebook, Shocker, right? <laughs> and and uh, about people who do a lot of deals. And so she started talking to him and he's like, you know what? If you guys were in Ohio, we could do more deals. And it just kept, he kept saying it, kept saying it. Well, I'm, I was born in Ohio. I lived in Michigan. I went to Michigan State. This is my backyard. She's born and raised in Phoenix. So she had never seen snow, right? And so he kept saying it, kept saying it. We're like, you know what? Let's just do it. You know, this is what we want to do. We love this, this, uh, this, this strategy. So let's just do it. And so we packed up the truck and moved across the country to, we actually moved to uh, Bellbrook. Uh, when we first moved here, sight unseen, rented a house without even seeing it. We're, I'm driving down the street going, oh, I hope we like this house. You know, <laughs> no idea. Uh, and so, uh, but that's, and then we got here. Well, because I mean, we, I was, I was in the backyard in Arizona. Well, it's not really yard, it's AstroTurf. Uh, but I was walking around on the AstroTurf in the backyard, talking to a guy in New Hampshire about a property in Dayton that I'd never seen and selling him that house. So I'm like, this is, this is brilliant. You know, it's going to be even better when I get to see the houses. Um, mm. And so that's why here, Dayton, here we go. I don't like the snow no, for the record. <laughs> she did the first time. The very first snow, she was like up against the window. Going, this is awesome. But then never since. <laughs> it was short lived. Huh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Just curious, oh, what part of Phoenix were you guys in? We were actually in a small town on the north side of Phoenix called Anthem. Um I'm trying to think of the builder. Uh, there's a builder, uh, a house builder who just basically built a town in 1999. Uh, and, they, and they called it Anthem. And there's like a rich part. And then there's the, what well, we always called it the slum part. The houses were only $300,000. Um, but it was just a little town north of Phoenix. So you had the small town feel, but you were right next to Phoenix. I used to live in Scottsdale myself when we first immigrated to the States. Love yeah, Scottsdale. That's, that's where, I mean, Scottsdale was like 20 minutes away because just you go to the 10 and go north on the 10, there's Anthem. <laughs> 
Wow. Sure. It's a little bit different price range, Phoenix and then Dayton. Exactly. You get a lot more bang for your buck here in Ohio. That's why we moved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first property I sold was $54,000. And I'm like, is that the garage? What is this? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> so awesome. what did people, you know, the people that you were telling you were going to move to Dayton, you were going into turnkey, family, friends, what did they think? Were they supportive? Think you were crazy? What was that like? Gosh, I'm going to say crazy. I think they've always thought we were crazy. You know, not having a normal nine to five job and security and, you know, certainty, all of those things, being an entrepreneur at all, all of, all of our families are nine to fivers. They have jobs. They, they know that they've got a W-2, they've got a paycheck, they've got everything else that gives them the certainty that so many people want. Um, and we are the exact opposite. I mean, I might've dragged him a little bit to my side of the world, but I'm definitely the exact opposite. I don't want to be stuck in a job and I want to do anything that I'm capable of doing based on my abilities and belief that I can get there. Um, so that, yeah, they think we're crazy. That's the short answer. <laughs> yeah, we, we were both, we both went to college as musicians and we played professionally. That's how we actually met. Um, and uh, so we were originally, you know, originally just venturers, travelers, you know, mm. uh, and then when we got into real estate in the around 2008 area, my family is just like, oh, they're in real estate. Okay, great. That's, you know, I'm like, we're not even going to explain this to you. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. And, <laughs> and still to this day, every so often when I talk to my mom, did you sell a house today, honey? You know, it's <laughs> sure did mom, you know, and so and we just don't even, don't even go there. yeah. <laughs> So do you, did you feel the urge to want to try and explain it or you were okay, just you're going to be you and, and you, they don't need to understand exactly what you do? I, I have explained it to my mom now. My mom, my mom gets it because my mom loves to see the pictures on Facebook about, you know, our office and our employees. Mm -hmm. and, and so I've explained it to my mom. I could honestly tell you that my brother and sister probably have no idea what we do. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm cool with that. So, you know, my mom knows and she's happy and, you know, that's, that's all. All that matters is that we're happy and, and you know, and we're taking care, we're starting to take care of people now. Mm -hmm. And so that's all that matters. Yeah. Awesome. I agree. Same with my family. Yeah, we just, I answer their questions as they have them, but I don't assume that they really want to know all the intricacies of, yeah. you know, real estate and the stories that come with it. Um, they are always surprised by Facebook posts because as you guys know, I'm very transparent. <laughs> we make mistakes. I'm happy to say I screwed up and here's the story. Um, so they're just like, oh my goodness, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, it's fine. This is part of the real estate world. <laughs> yeah, probably one of the one of the only things that I probably will never explain to my family is property management. Yeah, I'll just, you own a property management man, management company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going on from there. You can tell stories for days about that, I'm sure. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Every day. <laughs> so once you moved to Ohio, you focused on the turnkey and really liked that. Um, kind of go into what is that model? How is that model different from a typical flip model? What, it, what exactly is the turnkey yeah, so your exit strategy is really the difference. Um, you're gonna do the exact same thing. You're gonna find a property, you're gonna rehab the property. Now, what are you gonna do with that property? Usually you would um, throw it on the MLS and sell it to an owner occupant. Um, in this case, uh, we were very specific in our rehab standards. It's here in Ohio, our standards for rental, honestly, we can do a rental standard property and still sell, still sell retail at top top dollar just because we do that. So the, the real true change is who are we selling it to? Who's that end buyer? And that end buyer for us is really us when we were in Texas and Arizona where we want to buy this 50, 60, 70, $80,000 house, sometimes 120, have that 1% rent to uh, purchase price ratio. Um, they just can't get it out there, you know, in all of those other states. So most of our, I would say almost 100% of our clients are out of state people who, you know, want to take advantage of the purchasing power we have here. Interesting. And so, you know, with the MLS, it's easy to market. That's the whole you know, system with your model, how did you find those initial buyers or how do you find your clientele to start building that uh, group that you're selling to? Sure. So we worked with uh, other investors who educate 
people about this type of strategy. There's turnkey companies everywhere. Not all of them are great. So these educators will find the good turnkey company uh, vendors, vet them themselves, and ultimately say, hey, this is an opportunity for you for that is, are living in New York and Florida and Texas and Arizona and California. You want a property like this that's got cash flow that has the numbers that you're all looking for. These are the places that you can buy them. These are the vendors that we've vetted and that you can work with. That's how we built everything. We only wanted to focus on finding, rehabbing, and renting and let somebody else tap into their database of people who are looking for that and then you know, bring them to us. Um, and so now we are organically growing that buyer database just because we've been around a long time and we're doing things like this with you guys. Um, but that's how we started for sure. That's sharp. I, I like that that you leveraged other people's networks and other connections. When you got started in real estate, you leveraged coaches and yes. what they've learned. And so, yeah, that's, that's really amazing. Yeah, I love surrounding myself. We talked about this before we started the, uh, the live show here, right? That we love surrounding ourselves with people, good people that we can learn from. Um, Chad and Arthur, you guys know stuff that we don't know. So when I have a question, I ask you know people like you and the people I surround myself with, and I build those groups so that I can leverage your knowledge so that I don't have to experience all the pain that you've already gone through. <laughs> you can help. <laughs> And likewise, you know, contribute <laughs> what you know, because I like benefiting from what you know as well. For so, sure. Um, with, you know, starting and saying you want to build a turnkey business to having six businesses and all of your employees and systems in place, what was that process like? I mean, how do you go from day one wanting to build this business <laughs> to where you are today? That's a great question. So I'll do the fast version. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you guys don't want to be here for two hours. So, um, so Freedom Real Estate Group was the, the main brand, but we had to have the renovation team to be able to rehab the houses that we were buying. So we did make a mistake right up front, um, allowing Freedom to be the one hiring the contractors, the one buying the property, because what happens when you have a bad contractor? Well, then the neighbor next door wants to call and figure out who the owner is and complain about that bad contractor. Suddenly we went, ooh, People can find us online. This is our main brand, the brand that we don't want tarnished in any way, shape or form. They can find us online, they can complain. So when we got that call, we went out, we fixed the problem and quickly created a couple of entities to buy properties in. So it's that entity, still us being called, but it's not tarnishing Freedom Real Estate Group. If something mm -hmm. happens, that's completely out of our control, right? A contractor does something, there's a complaint, we have to go fix it, but we don't want Freedom being affected. Um, and then uh, same thing for Freedom hiring contractors. We wanted the same situation where you guys know if you've hired contractors that sometimes there's very bad stories and very bad people what? out there. No, that doesn't <laughs> sound like any contractors I've dealt with. <laughs> so I don't want them going after our main brand either. So we built Bulldog Renovations for to hire, to hire the project manager, to hire the rehab coordinator, hire anybody that works for that company that hires the contractors. So if there's issues, it's that entity and not our main brand. Um, so that was company number two that we never realized we were going to create officially, but we had to through that experience, through making that mistake and learning, we created entity number two. Um, then entity number three was the property management company that we were going to uh, create this year officially, um, but we had to do it early because we tried uh, outsourcing to five other uh, property management companies in the area. All of them were really, really bad. The most recent one before we created our own, it was property mismanagement, financial mismanagement. It was a horror story and we were losing clients. When you work really hard to have a great product, great reputation, and you lose your clients because of somebody else, as furious, I was like, <laughs> no more. Um, so we brought it all in house and we started that last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, last year. So property well, actually, management accidentally 2019, happened. 2019. Fall. Okay. So COVID. almost two years now we've had property management. So that was kind of, it was a necessity to build it in order to keep, you know, our company rolling and keep our clients happy and be able to control the situation. Cause property management is one of those businesses that it's, there's going to th be things that go wrong. Um, just like real estate, there's always going to be something <laughs> behind a wall that you're going to figure out later. You have to know that up front, but now we can control it, right? If something goes wrong, we can jump in and fix it and not worry about somebody else not fixing it. So that was company number three. Because we uh, created a property management company, we had to have a broker. We had to do all the work to get there. So we said, why not have a brokerage? So now anything that we throw on the MLS, we can just 
um, have our own agents doing it and keep that money in house. So that was company number five. And then C4OH, tell them why you created C4OH. Yeah, so in 2017 and 18, all of our deals came from wholesalers. And so, uh, because we weren't actively marketing, we, we, I was just talking to wholesalers and getting deals from wholesalers. And then all of a sudden, and I think it was 2018, uh, just all of a sudden, nobody had any deals. Just the well dried up. And I, every wholesaler I talked to didn't have a deal. And I'm like, uh, yikes, you know? And so we said, you know what? We need to create an acquisitions team and a company. And so that's when we created Cash for Ohio Houses. And, uh, and so that's been going now. I think it was summer 2018, I think, or 19. I can't remember now. 2019, okay. summer of 2019 is when we started uh, Cash for Ohio Houses. So now we're doing the marketing. I'm still getting deals from wholesalers. Uh, you know, I closed with one yesterday. Um, you know, and, and so we're st I'm still talking to wholesalers. I'm still getting deals in, but we also got, I think we got 10 under contract yesterday. One was from a wholesaler. The other nine were our marketing. And so... Well, we're, but we're still doing other deals, but uh, just not, I'm not relying on wholesalers anymore. So it was another one built out of necessity. Mm -hmm. I, that's really how we've grown is we had to do it. Otherwise, no deals means <laughs> no freedom real estate. Yeah. <laughs> so and then our last company we just created not out of necessity uh, because we we're doing our first syndication. So we just created it's actually in the process. It's our baby. Let's let's being developed right now. Um, freedom <laughs> Capital Group, um, our attorneys working on the, the uh, LLC and all the other stuff. So um, that's company number six. And my team is telling me to stop. <laughs> so just stop. Let's just, let's just, just build these. <laughs> I don't know if stops in your nature. I'm not, I'm not, that might be a losing battle for your team. <laughs> so that's sharp. I like how each business kind of just came up when you reached that next threshold and saw this need. Yes. And yeah, that's great. Because I think for me, even where I'm at, I've achieved some level of success, but I don't see all the things that that I will need five years from now or 10 years from now. Right. So you don't have to have it all figured out from day one. You just have to push until the next need arises. That's right. That's great wisdom right there. And so many people are scared to start because they think they need to have everything perfect from day one. I mean, it's just not true. Just go one step at a time. You'll figure it out. <laughs> All right. What, 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 what's your guys' team? Obviously, when you guys got started, it was likely just you guys, right? But now you've got all these six businesses and you, all these wheels are turning. How many people do you have in place now to be able to make sure the acquisition and the sales and the you know, all these things go smoothly and everything is done properly? Yeah, that's another thing that hits on Chad's point of, of uh, don't think that you have to have it all figured out right away. Hire each person as you need each person. And what I've learned as we've grown was hire them a little bit before you need them because hiring and training is one of the hardest parts of any business. Cost of turnover, one of the biggest pains of any business because it slows you down to be, you know, have to go back into the hiring and training mode. So being in that position to be able to have the time to hire and train before you need that person has been a big learning lesson that we've probably just in the last year we've gotten really really good at um, but we just hired one person at a time based on what we needed and we did put people cross you know through as each company you sometimes work for freedom and bulldog and then sometimes you work for freedom bulldog and, and independence property management and sometimes i mean some of our guys work for all six companies quite frankly um so we've just been able to tap into uh what's your capacity what's your knowledge what's the right seat right person what are your skill sets strengths and we kind of figure it out as we go we have over 30 i would say half of them are vas in the philippines um, and so we have a really strong culture that incorporates them into our everyday meetings, into our fun. We're having an Easter egg hunt on Friday. They're going to be voting for who's going to find the most eggs or something. And uh, they're going to be watching and rooting everybody on. I mean, it's crazy. It's been a lot of trial and error to figure out how to incorporate the virtual and in-office um, team, but it's been fun. That's sharp. So I, I've never done a true virtual overseas VA um, do you go through an agency? How do you find a really effective VA? So yes, agencies are available and likely the easier route because they will go and find the good candidates. And some agencies will even go to the extent of training them in the field that you want. So you can go find a, I can't remember, Planet Synergy as an example, is a company who trains 
um, VAs from the Philippines in property management. Some of them know Buildium, some of them know Appfolio, some, they just, they're trained. So you tell them, this is the system that we use. This is the role that we need. They have somebody that already knows that system and is good in that role. You hire them. You pay them a little bit more than you, what you would pay if you did a direct hire. Um, and I'll talk about that next, um, but it's worth it because you didn't have to, they already had the person, they already trained them. So you just have somebody that you can now insert into your company. And I want to say that's probably nine or ten dollars an hour is what you're going to probably pay a VA through an agency. Um, and then uh, if you go to onlinejobs.ph, that is Philippine um, job website. Um, so you can do a direct hire, and that's how I would say over gosh, I want to say over 80% of our hires are from that website. And so we will hire them. We'll do an interview just like we hire here. There's an ad, we ask them to do a video so that we can be learn see how do you speak because if we're hiring a lead intake person for acquisitions we want them to speak good english mm -hmm. so we want to hear them um and so it depends on the role as to what the process is but they create a video and then we go through the same process we would for hiring um, and then you're going to pay anywhere from four to six dollars an hour depending on the role um, for that person you just do the harder work of the hiring and the training sure Hmm. So with a VA, with those VAs, do you have to employ full-time, part-time? Is it flexible? It's just between you and them? Yeah. How's so it? I will say there's a rule. This is something I learned from the VAs themselves. Um, okay. They kind of have a rule that never work for one employer ever, mm -hmm. ever, because you just risk putting all of your eggs in one basket. When people are hiring VAs, many times it's, it's new it's for the first time. They don't know if it's going to work. Some mm -hmm. people don't know how to communicate virtually and train somebody virtually. Um, so it's a very risky thing for them to be working for U.S. Um, employers or just another, you know, out-of-country employer who may not be experienced in it. So the reason I learned that is because a lot of our VAs are now full-time, um, and they've said, my eggs are all in your basket because we've seen you, we've worked with you, we love you, we're going to be here forever, and you're the type, you've built a culture that we actually trust that we can grow with this company and keep on rising. Because even one of our VAs that has been in the longest, he's now like a head of a department. He hires other VAs, he supervises them. Um, so we've just built a environment that we don't care that you're in the Philippines, we're going to treat you the same way we treat our own team. Yeah, we built up the, the culture here, not only within the office uh, of wanting them to enjoy this job. We want people to want to work here and want, want to be begging us, knocking on our door, can we work for you? Um, and so we built up that culture from the very beginning, but we've we've extended it to our VAs right from the beginning. And so these guys, you know, they start working for us and they're just like, uh, nobody's ever done this. Mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. so they actually, they actually created a video uh, of all of them, just them as like a four minute video or whatever, just their experiences with this company. And that we actually use that for uh, for our, our job place or whatever job interviews. And uh, one of the, actually the girl who just joined us, she actually joined us because of that video. And they're, they're just like, we're not going anywhere. We're staying here. I'm, he, the one guy that she's talking about, that's he's now a supervisor. He's like, he's like, I'm gonna stay here for 30 years. I'm gonna retire with Fred. <laughs> that's huge. Wow. Yeah. That's that's loyalty right there. Yeah, exactly right. For six dollars an hour. <laughs> Jeez, they're living like kings over there in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In fact, actually, uh, we created uh, part of our culture. There's uh, our company holidays. There's uh, right now in this part of the year. It's uh, it's between holidays is so long. So we decided to put a company holiday in the middle. And so next Friday is we, it's called the the Freedom Real Estate Group holiday. Uh, a day off or whatever. And so all of the uh, VAs in the Philippines had made plans for the last three or four weeks to all actually go to one place and meet. Um, but they got down, they got locked down, so they can't even do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we'll just have to share some virtual, some virtual cake. Yeah, <laughs> we, we actually that's funny we actually do virtual happy hours with them we actually do whenever we do lunches and stuff here at the office we've got cameras on so they can watch us and and take part as, as well so they're they're a part of everything we do how neat that is yeah that's really sharp i love love the company culture it sounds like you've developed and like and not only having it in person but online overseas that, that's amazing Mm -hmm. You had actually, uh, we had talked previously about scaling, right? Yeah. Um, and I wrote that as one of my notes is the culture because biggest expense in, in uh, business is turnover. 
Um, the biggest thing that takes the longest amount of time is hiring and training. So if you can build a culture where people want to stay with you forever, your ability to scale just skyrocketed. Um, so I don't think a lot of people understand that piece um, as much as they should. Yeah. So it seems to me with hiring, one other hiring question, there's kind of two camps. One camp is that you work two jobs essentially until you have enough work for that second person and then you hire them. And the other camp is that you hire knowing that they will, the work they do will be able to generate the income that pays for them. Which camp do you kind of lean towards? I'm in the latter. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I want to hire because they're, they're, the ability to take admin stuff off my plate allows me to step up. So I actually have an uh, executive assistant team that consists of three people right now um, that help all of us at the top level because it's allowing me to be with you right now on a podcast because I'm not doing something else. Uh, allows me to be on private money phone calls for four to six hours of my day because I'm not doing admin tasks. So all of those things is allowing me to skyrocket what we're doing here. But if I was stuck in the weeds, there's no way that I would be able to be on this call with you because it's I'm already too busy. So um, we hire before we ever need it with the belief of now I can spend my time on $1,000, $10,000 activities. Now, we're there now. But three and a half years ago, we were at the other model. It's like, I don't know it's what scary. I, I don't know what they're gonna do. So yep. why, why are we gonna hire somebody? Uh-huh. And finally, three and a half years ago was when we hired our first employee and she worked out of our house for the first two weeks because we didn't even have an office yet. <laughs> um, so yeah, so but that's that's where we started. But then we got to the point where like, man, we need to hire them now. Yeah. And that was another lesson learned. We were scared like everybody else is scared at the very, very beginning to make that first hire. Take the leap of faith. Huh? Yes. <laughs> it's paid off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. I'm going to defer to you now, Arthur. I know you are, you ask a lot of questions on mindset. I'm sure they have a lot of great insights on growth mindset and entrepreneurial mindset. So I'll, I'll defer to you to ask those types of questions. Yeah. I mean, can you guys just give us a rundown of what your routine is like on a daily basis? Like, what do you guys do? What do you, how do you prime yourself so you can stay, stay sharp and, and do the things that you're doing now? Uh, Rest is probably the biggest thing that we've learned from because we didn't do that. You know, we went 100 miles an hour and never, ever, ever stopped. And you hit burnout no matter how young or old you are. And we're not spring chickens anymore. But, um, uh, you know, you do hit burnout. So the rest is it allows you to be far more productive and get more use out of your time. I think that's number one. We didn't learn it for a long time. So that was one of those lessons that, you know, took us a while to get there. Um, but number two, uh, I think our favorite thing is what we call sacred three. If you listen to Darren Hardy at all, um, he believes oh, yeah. in the sacred three and he's like, you know, before people come into my office, I've gotten my my day is done. Um, so he makes sure that he's in the office for his sacred three hours of the day to get his major projects done. So that by the time that people are walking in at 9am or whatever time it is, um, he's done with um, everything that he needed to do to get done that day. So if he does have meetings or interruptions or anything like that, he still accomplished what he needed. And that quiet time, mm-hmm. it's priceless. Um, you know, we used to use weekends for that time, but that that invades your rest <laughs> and your joy and your quality of life. Um, and we still use Sundays for planning. We'll spend, you know, one to five hours planning on Sundays for the week um, for preparation reasons. Um, but the better we are at that three hours, then that that Sunday time is even, you know, it's an hour. It's very, very small because we're being wise with our time during the week. Gotcha. So are you, you guys are obviously morning early risers. So you can get in the office early, get stuff done out of the way. Yes. What time do you get in the office usually? Well, her office, her office is about 30 feet from our bedroom in her house. So <laughs> I have two. Uh, yeah, she's got, she has two offices. I, I have an office at the house too, but I, but everything is here. I've got quite a setup here. And, and if I'm not here, I'm not, I'm not in my driver's seat. And, and uh, so I, I'll get up and I'll just, you know, jump in the shower, get in the car and come up to the office. And so, I mean, six, six 30 usually, um, just so that I can get in here and start working. But I mean, when we're up, she, she'll get up. She'll just walk right to her, right to her office and start working. You know, it's like pajama work it's yeah. to start. And then I hit the shower and come in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just stretching and I hear she's already typing. <laughs> what I, I know you mentioned Darren Hardy and I, I've read his book there, the roller coaster entrepreneurial roller coaster is fantastic book. What resources uh, do you guys do? Audio books, you read books. What, what, how do you, what, how do you consume information? 
uh, both. So uh, I love paper books, but the, t- the time, so Darren Hardy, what is it? Um, net time? Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's Tony Robbins. Um, uh, so the net time is like whenever you're doing something else. Uh, so if you're driving, you could be listening to an audiobook. When you're walking your dog, you could be listening to an audiobook. And it doesn't take any extra time. It's something that you're already doing. You just stacked something else on top of it. So because of that, Audible is like I've listened to more books than ever before in my life because of Audible. It's in my car. Um, it's on walks. It's wherever I can actually use it. And I would say over half of our team now um, listens to Audible for the same reason because I've been sharing these stories. But like reading and learning and things like this are so important to us. We actually uh, have professional development with our team. So once a week we're meeting with them and we're usually reading a book together. Um, the last, really? uh, yeah, the last series that we just did was actually uh, going through a hiring predictive index. Um, it's a tool that teaches you about your team members, um, their personalities, how they work, how they tick, so that you can understand. Um, like my assistant. She's not good with me, big picture Danny, going, here's an idea, run with it. She is a detail-oriented person. I need to give her specific <laughs> instructions um, to be able to, for her to understand it and be effective. Those are the, some of the things that we learned through that last professional development. Um, but we've read Extreme Ownership. Mm-hmm. We've read 12-Week Year. We've read Atomic Habits. And we just do it all as a team. And it's a, a, it's a culture piece because they matter um, to us. Their growth matters to us. And it certainly matters to the company, too. Uh, with extreme ownership, uh, the the dynamic changed in the office because, you know, here's a book about, you know, you know, you need to take ownership of everything that you do. And uh, I mean, we uh, it's funny because it's like I got into an argument with our transaction coordinator. I said, I'm so sorry. That's my fault. She's like, no, that's my fault. I'm like, no, it's my fault. And she's like, no, it's my fault. <laughs> So when you got when you guys do or do the training, do you have do you put it in the video form and you can say, okay, watch these 10 videos and then let me know what you think, or if you have any questions, or are you guys hands-on doing the training yourself, or do you have a team that 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 handles the training aspect, especially if you've got you know 30 VAs or you know, if you've got a lot of people, a lot of moving parts? Yeah, so we uh, if it's a book, it's chapters. So our COO is Tina Howard. She's actually virtual too. She lives in Georgia. Um, she'll lay out a document that says we're reading this book and um, chapters one through four are due and we're going to be talking about it on this week's professional development. And so everybody's kind of on the same page. We do takeaways. We even um, let people, this is how we practice leadership. We let different team members host. So another Darren Hardy lesson that we learned was <clears throat> if you're the owner and if you're the boss, at some point, people stop listening to you. You're not important. They hear you every single day. So like, yeah, yeah, you're telling me that again. If you bring somebody else in that says the exact same thing, suddenly it's like, oh, and you, you know, we're sitting over in the corner going, are you serious? <laughs> I heard that somewhere before. This is... <laughs> not again. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing a couple things. Number one, letting everybody take turns hosting. Um, that allows a different voice to be heard by the rest of the team team. Um, and secondly, it shows us, us their leadership, right? Because otherwise we wouldn't know. Are they a good leader? Do they speak well? Are they, you know, really encouraging and motivating and inspiring the people around them? Now we go, woo, he needs to move up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we do it in our conference room. Uh, we, have, we have a big TV in there. We, we Zoom everything. Um, so everybody is involved in all those classes. Man, I love so that. Cool. I, I uh, Because reading books and really processing, hearing somebody else's story, that really changes you, changes your perspective on business, how you operate. And so to be able to do that together as a team so that you're all going through those changes together, that I can see that being huge for the growth of the team. Agreed. They've even started some weight loss groups and stuff because mm-hmm. something will cue them in to everybody kind of has a weight loss journey of some kind, whether you're, you know, 90 pounds and skinny and we're laughing, why are you on a weight loss journey? (laughs) Or, you know, you're 250 pounds. Everybody usually has a story there. So some of the books that we've read have like touched on something and somebody would share a personal story about it. And so then they're like, oh, let's have accountability buddies and we'll walk and we'll do this. Like (laughs) it's really, you know, up the level of uh, team and how they bond together. It's really, really super cool. Sure. So your training, is it just for your people that are in the office? Obviously your CEO is out of Georgia, but like your VAs, are they also part of the develop on part of the development journey as well? Yep. Yes. So in our, what's the size TV that I love in our conference room? 70 inch. We got a 70 inch TV in our conference room. So all yeah. of us in the office will sit around the conference table and on the TV is all these heads. And they're as much as part of that um, um, adventure and exercise as anybody else. And they get to host too. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. Sure. I know when I lived in Kenya, I mean, I was used to personal development coming from the States and was very, you know, could get podcasts and audiobooks. But in Kenya, they were just the people I worked with are super hungry for any kind of personal development. Mm. So I could see that being a huge benefit to your VAs. That's awesome. Yeah. Just curious, just a technicality. Are you guys paying them? So is this a paid time? This is time they're spending together with the company. This is paid time, obviously. This is 100% paid time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I mean, talk about ROI. That's, that's a biggie, right? It has to do with culture. They know that we care about them. Uh, They are doing personal and professional growth, whether it be personal. Atomic Habits wasn't necessarily a professional thing to help our company. It certainly did the offset. Any, Mm -hmm. Any small habit that you create that's a good habit is going to help us professionally too, but it was more talked about on a personal level than it was professionally. But the fact that we care about those things um, it ups their love and loyalty for the company, certainly increases productivity because we even went through uh, insane productivity of Darren Hardy's. Yeah. That was one of the things mm. that is a video series. Um, and that was huge. It was really, really fantastic. So all of that stuff um, helps in big ways. If you haven't read Dream Manager, that's something we're implementing this year as another culture piece, right? We care about you, Chad, and we want your professional dreams to come true and your personal dreams to come true. So we're hiring a dream manager. They're going to talk to you about your personal dreams. Your personal dreams could be owning your ho- your first house. And that dream manager, their job is to help you get down the track to actually setting the benchmarks to hit that goal. It has nothing to do with business, just you and your personal goals. Um, that's the type of world and culture that we want to create here. Man, yeah, that's, that's cool. exciting. That's huge. Gave me some goosebumps. I need to build my team up. You guys are doing it. <laughs> I know, work. really. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, I was already thinking. I'm sending this recording to my assistant as soon as we're done. <laughs> we got some big dreams to, to take care of. So I wanted to touch on, I know we could talk about real estate all day, but I wanted to, before our time starts to wrap up, um, I wanted to touch on your syndication and your your uh, starting that exactly for people new to syndications. What is the syndication and what's your purpose in doing that? Sure. So it was an opportunity for us because I've been raising private money for our business and our um, deals for three years now. And we've got above $10 million, probably close to $20 million. And at the stage that we're at now, we're using as much as we can, but we have leftover. And I'm like, I want to use that. And so we're getting into apartments, things like this, that. Um, uh, one of the guys that I know from a mastermind group that I'm in, he said, you know, I do syndications. I've got a 384 unit apartment building in Florida. It's going to be a recapitalization. So the operator has already been in this building for two hours. It's really safe due to the COVID environment and getting out. And so I'm sitting there learning and I'm listening. And I was just like, I'd invest in that. And he said, I know you're great at at raising private money. I know you've said to me multiple times, you have more money than you can use. Is this something they'd be interested in? And so I was like, Sure. Why wouldn't they like that? Like now you're an investor in um, in the shares of owning a company that owns a building, not just a lender. So it's a totally different tax treatment. And uh, everybody knows that taxes are the number one expense for all of us. We all want to get those down legally and per code. Um, This is the opportunity to do it. So I was like, oh, they're just going to be on fire about this. Um, So I said yes. And I said I would I would help. I would invest in invite my investors into it. So this is our very first one. That's what, where Freedom Capital Group came from because I have excess funds and now I have no more excess funds because <laughs> I've kind of split the road. And so now I'm just talking to more and more people and just finding out what their goals are. Because the other thing that I've learned in having these conversations is people love the diversification, not just between real estate and private lending. They love the diversification between real estate, private lending and syndications and apartments. There's all these buckets that they feel like, hey, if I'm in, in a few of these buckets, if not all four, then I really know that I've put my money in different places that will survive any storm that is ahead. And apartments and storage certainly um, were known to have survived 2008. Not, not like I hope we'll ever experience that again, but it's one of those things that people have have that certainty. And that's a big thing, right? For everybody, certainty versus uncertainty um, in investments. So that's why we did it. And I'm super excited. Um, our first one. Woo-hoo. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I've talked on uh, this podcast a lot about private lending and what a private lender gets and what the benefits are for a private lender. If somebody is an investor in your syndication, what are the benefits for them as an investor in that? 
Structure. Sure, they're more treated as an owner than they are an actual lender. So I actually make that difference so very clear on my lender calls because people know when they talk to me about private lending, hey, we're going to agree on an a, a interest rate and a term and you're going to get it no matter what. You're the bank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I lose yep. money, I lose money, not you. Um, and, and I explain the difference here in a syndication is that you're an investor, now you're an owner. You know, there's d- different benefits and upsides of being an owner in the company that owns an asset as opposed to being the, the bank and the lender. Um, and that and the, the tax benefits, depreciation being one of the biggest. Um, I'm not a CPA or accountant, so I don't even talk about it very much, but it's also the highest interest rates, right? Like I only offer up to 10% on private money loans unless I'm doing a huge, large apartment uh, building, but the syndications are at 12% plus. Um, you know, split between cash flow and, and um, equity and appreciate all these things, factors that come into play. So, um, you know, it's different. It's just one of those buckets where I'm talking to my, uh, my lenders and they're going, oh, yeah, I haven't done that. This is something new that I could get into, have different advantages, but still use the private lender bucket to have the, the more liquidity because syndications are like five to seven years um, from the ones I've been looking at anyway. Sure. And with the syndication, do you do you do a separate syndication for each complex or will you essentially buy multiple complexes under one syndication? You can do both. Right now we're doing one per because I'm still I'm I'm leaning on the leverage of um, a company that's been doing it for 11 years, an operations manager that's been doing it for 40 years. So these are big players. It's very rare to see a syndication with 384 units. That's big. And we had to be tied to an operator that's been in the game borrowing from Wall Street usually. So he's Mm. used to paying 18 to 20 percent to Wall Street and he's only having to pay uh, our investors 12 percent. It's a win for our investors, (laughs) win for him. Um, so that's how we're doing larger, you know, deals with, you know, somebody like that. So right now it is one per, I am talking to our attorney about how we kind of group this together because I'm, I'm seeing the benefit of it and how it could help other people. It would be cool to actually buy a bunch of Ohio properties, you know, and put them into a syndication that way. Um, I'm just not there yet. That's business number, whatever. <laughs> 2022, watch out. <laughs> All right. So, you know, where you are now, a lot of people would love to be there or even a fraction of the success you've had um, since moving to Ohio. What advice would you give to investors looking to get started and, and wanting to get that ball rolling? Do you have any tips for them? I do. I say don't look at somebody's destination and pretend like you can be there tomorrow. I do it all the time. I might look at you guys and say, I want to have your success, but you were on a different path than I was. Um, So taking that first step and not being afraid to take the first step and leaning on other people that you're surrounding yourself with um, for advice and help, I think is the best advice for any um, new beginner uh, because you don't want to be scared to move forward because you see somebody talking about something that took what's 2008 until 2020, that's 12 years. 12 year, it took us 12 years to get here. I mean, you, sh- you should never look at somebody and think that they got there you know, overnight. We didn't. You know, there was a lot of pain, a lot of losses, a lot of struggles, a lot of late nights, a lot of burnouts. <laughs> um, so that's my best advice. Just take that first step because it's the best road I've ever been on in my entire life. And I'm so thankful that we took it and that we kept pushing through and we surround ourselves with people like you guys. Awesome. Not to steal the Nike line, but it's just do it. Exactly what Danny Mm -hmm. said, because I mean, if we would have ever questioned anything we had done and go, should we do that? We would have never done it. We just said, we need a property management company. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need a rehab team. Let's go. You know, it it wasn't a, should we do it? It was, let's just do it. and, And like she said, take the first step. Awesome. And in, in the mastermind I run, a lot of times we talk about why and why we do this, why we're in this business, what our purpose is with it. And you've touched on some of that, but I always like to ask everybody, every guest on the podcast. And so for you guys, what is your why? What keeps you fired up in the morning, pushing to build new businesses and, and achieve even higher levels of success? You want this one? Oh, well, I'll start. You can add it. Okay. It's, I mean, we don't have kids. We have dogs. Uh, this, this is our cute dogs. Yeah. This is our <laughs> spoiled dogs. Um, this is our family. You know, this is our, this is our baby. And so our why number one is not only 
to build this company and keep this build, this company growing, but it's to be able to take care of everybody that's in here. You know, we want to make sure, you know, that, uh, you know, their, their uh, newborn baby is going to have, you know, uh, their parents are going to have a successful career here. Uh, so we're building that for here, but we're also doing it for us and for our families. I mean, like I said, we don't have kids to leave it to, so we're going to leave it to them. So, you know, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that we are constantly just, I mean, that's, I mean, my why is just, I just, I love being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really about the team for us. We've always, you know, uh, I told my sister, probably shouldn't say this on a podcast, but I said, if I accidentally get pro uh, pregnant, I, uh, you have my baby until age 18. I only want to deal with adults. <laughs> so like, uh, you know, this really is, it's our family. Like, cause these are adults who are looking for a job to take care of their family. And I speak that language. I want to help those people. And you have to be a good person. You have to be um, not, you know, we talked about this before the podcast went live too. You just have to be somebody that's worthy of my time and my energy because I'm putting it in for you. And it speaks to the mastermind that we meet up with, um, uh, Chad, that mm -hmm. th these are a group of people that we're helping each other in our own backyard. Who does that? Your own backyard is your competition, mm -hmm. right? You don't share your secrets with your competition. I don't, I just don't believe in that. I have an abundance mentality. I'm going to help whoever I can help because it's not necessarily about money. It is because I need to make a profit. I need to take care of me. I need to take care of him, our families. I need the money, but it's not about how far I get. It's how many people can I help along the way because that expands and the compound effect of who we all can help because we're surrounding ourselves with, you know, the right people. It's huge. So that's, that's my why. And what's the Zig Ziglar <laughs> line about the more people that you help? Uh, achieve their dreams will help you achieve your dreams that's true that's butchered completely <laughs> uh, but it's yeah there's there's a few zig ziglar lines that stick in my head and yeah. so mm -hmm. that's awesome you guys are very inspirational we really want to thank you for for being a part of the podcast today thank you oh thank you it's Always our honor back. yeah our honor to be here thank you so much for inviting us all right. So for anybody who wants to find out more information about your business and what you have going on or specifically about your syndication, what's the best way for them to find that out? They can go to freedomrealestategroup.com. Um, they can also email me at Danny, D-A-N-I, at freedomrealestategroup.com. You'll get me or my three assistants. One of us will reply. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sharp. Okay. Well, thank you again. I look forward to talking to you again and talking to you soon. And for anybody listening, definitely uh, check out Danny and Flip. They have a lot going on and they really do have an encouraging spirit and uh, would love, love to help see you succeed. So, all right. Thanks again, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks guys. Bye. Till next time. Thanks for listening to the True Wealth Investors podcast. Visit us at truewealthinvestors.com to find archived episodes with show notes and links mentioned in each episode. Be sure to click the subscribe button today and leave us a quick review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to share how the show is helping you along your real estate investing journey.